Seinfeld. The wife is over, but we are just getting started here on Seinfeld, the post-show recap podcast about nothing. And now, here are the two guys who are podcast partners simply to share a dry cleaning discount. I'm Rob Sister. Here's Akiva Winokur. Akiva, how are you? I thought you were going to say, here are two guys who are tied 0-0 at saying I love you. 0-0. <laughs> I decided to skip anything about peeing in the shower as well. That's good. Yes. Akiva, how are you? I'm great. I feel like, you know, we've been on a roll. I was thinking just before, this is like our 50th episode of the year, or just about. Serial, mm-hmm. which supposedly is, you know, very popular podcast, has done zero this year. Yeah. So we're crushing them. 50-0. Scoreboard, Serial. <laughs> Check it out. So we're going to be talking about the episode of Seinfeld, The Wife, where Courtney Cox guest stars as a girlfriend du jour, where things are going so well between them that they are almost pretending that they're a married couple. And it escalates when Jerry gets a dry cleaning discount. And then Courtney Cox says that she actually is his wife. Plus, Elaine meets kind of a creepy guy at the gym. George pees in the shower. And Kramer has a very uh, regrettable um, moment with the family of a girlfriend that he's dating. Yeah, a lot of little things going on here. Yeah. So fun stuff to uh, talk about here today as we uh, get into it. Akiva, anything uh, you want to set up before we start talking about the wife? Yeah, I think a lot of people send the same news story. So I think that's uh, where we should go this week in terms of the news. What do you got? A guy named uh, James Calder wrote wrote a story about how his father passed away and his father was a huge Seinfeld fan. And I, I believe as he was dying, he asked some of the stars and guest stars from Seinfeld to sort of write birthday messages for his dad. His birthday was a couple of weeks away. I believe he did not make it ultimately to his birthday. So he got a really tremendous response from Newman on down, plus Elaine, uh, no Jerry or Larry, but he, he, I think he got Michael Richards said he would call in on his birthday, but he didn't want anything filmed. So, he, you know, just an unbelievable response. And uh, it's, it's worth reading. Maybe we should post a link to it in the show page, but uh, it's a pretty cool article. Yeah. What do you think? And so the person who died got to see all that before they passed away? I think they started rolling in. I would imagine, yeah, he saw some. But I, I, some of the people said, oh, I'm going to call like, you know, people like Pete J. Peterman writing in and saying, you know, happy birthday messages. I assume they showed it to him. But someone like Michael Richards who said I'm going to call on his birthday. He, I do not believe he lived to his birthday, so he okay. didn't see that. Who is the person you were most surprised to see show up on this? I mean, just some people probably harder to track down than others. He got just some. Also, some people are almost like tangentially related to the show like he got al roker mm-hmm. which is uh you know that's a good get mm-hmm. uh, i mean he's a friendly guy but he's not like super you know seinfeld uh related yeah uh he got he got sam lloyd our tv guide guy ricky yeah ricky i didn't know ricky some of the guys like banya you know are always around like yeah. they, you could get them you know obviously the soup knots you could get these guys at any time of the day yeah but i didn't know that that they were in. but oh, I, julie we drive has left a nice message i thought that was impressive she seems almost like 25 years later to still kind of be surprised at how popular the show is. And I think that's because she's a little bit um, less in, I mean, Michael Richards lives on his other, his own planet, but definitely more so than Jason or Jerry. Like she's uh, a little bit out of the zeitgeist and like, doesn't know what's going on. So she's just always surprised when people like Seinfeld. All right. So also speaking of Seinfeld in uh, the zeitgeist, did you happen to catch Jason Alexander on The Talking Dead this week? Uh, no, I heard about it, but uh, I didn't think the episode of The Walking Dead, uh, you know, earned itself watching more about it. <laughs> I wish I could have unwatched the hour, let alone the hour about You were the sour hour. on The Walking Dead uh, fall finale. I was, I was I, yeah, I was, uh, I was whelmed. I was <laughs> underwhelmed. 
<laughs> yeah, well, Jason Alexander was on it, and he's actually very fun. And I talked about this when I did the uh, Walking Dead feedback show with uh, Josh Wiggler on uh, post-show recaps. And Josh doesn't really watch the uh, Talking Dead shows, but I like to look at them, especially when they have Jason Alexander or somebody like that, where it's like a comedian who just doesn't give an F and is like saying sort of like uh, like funny things about the show, as opposed to, I feel like when the actors are on, they're all like just very beholden about the importance and the seriousness of the show. Whereas you get somebody like Jason Alexander, is like, ah, that kid was so annoying. What was with that kid? Yeah, especially on The Walking Dead, you don't want to get killed off. Like, you say the wrong thing, and they'll just, they'll have somebody eat you. Right. Or you think, or at least people will think they ate you. Yeah, I think so. So Jason Alexander was on uh, The Talking Dead and uh, was very funny, I thought. If you have it on your DVR, I think it's worth checking out this week just for Jason Alexander. I was talking to someone this week, and they were, like, recommending TV shows to me. Mm-hmm. And then, and they were recommending, like, Quantico and a lot of, like, um, network dramas. Yes. None of, none of which I watch, but, and they were selling hard on Quantico anyway. And then they asked what I watched and I listed all the shows I watch. The spreadsheet. And they, yeah, I, I, I was, I wasn't near my phone, so I didn't give them the spreadsheet, but I could have, um, but they'd never heard of the walking dead. What? Yeah. Never heard of it. Who is this person? I, is my, uh, uh, she calls herself my sister-in-law, but really it, like my brother-in-law's wife. Okay. And this is a person living uh, in Israel? No, no. It was a person, you know, in the 20, in the 21st century. who's just not, she's, you know, some people are too busy with their kids. Where do they live? Florida. Lives in Florida. Okay. Yeah. I feel like that sort of uh, is a little bit um, making more sense now. Why? What do you mean? People in Florida don't know about Long Dead? I mean, I feel like if you're the most popular show in the country. Yeah, I feel like it would be most popular in Florida. Why? There's more zombies there? (laughs) I don't know. I feel like that uh, The Walking Dead, I feel like it's pretty ubiquitous at this point. I mean, it's it's in season six. Yeah, I don't know. I guess certain things, you know, it's a very sort of uh, the the culture is like splintered everywhere. So that's the type of person who's still watching CBS dramas is going to, you know, maybe not going to be watching the Breaking Bads and the Leftovers and the Fargo. So this person was telling you about all the good shows that are on TV and they had never heard of The Walking Dead? Correct. Hmm. This is almost like a Seinfeld episode. I listen, I, I was blown away enough to mention it, but uh, not everybody's on Twitter all day like you and I. This is crazier than uh, the woman who wouldn't eat the pie at Monk's. It's funny because I said, you know, she's like, what are your hobbies? And I said, I do a podcast about Seinfeld. And she's like, what's that? No, I'm just joking about that one. Yeah. About the podcast? Yeah, I don't do a podcast about Seinfeld. <laughs> no, she, no one would ask. No one, would, no one these days is interested enough to ask someone what their hobbies are. That's like a weird <laughs> Like people are just on their phone ignoring. Yeah, unless it. you're on Jeopardy and it's the fir- like uh, first commercial break. What's your Jeopardy anecdote for the first? Uh, I guess you were on Survivor. That's probably your first one. Rob, it says here that you were actually on the game show Survivor two different times. I said, right, Alex, I did. And uh, well, did you survive? <laughs> the audience, like great laugh from the audience. Yeah. Like, well, actually, uh, I did. Uh, and now I do a podcast about that. Another thing. Okay. That's very nice. All right. There was uh, a survivor podcaster on Jeopardy this year. So, but she wasn't on. Yes, that's true. All right. So let's get into this. Let's talk about the wife and uh, Courtney Cox. And so the episode starts off Jerry talking about the dry cleaning. Jerry loves the dry cleaner. Uh, talking about how that the dry cleaner and you are both sort of co-owners of the shirt. It's a weird job being the dry cleaner because you basically have one item that you just sort of like pass off back and forth to each other. It's sort of a good comment on the monotony of life and how, you know, I always do the dishes. And then I think to myself, like, I have to do these same dumb dishes tomorrow and the day after and every day for the rest of my life. Like, it never ends. Wow. And then maybe you like accidentally break one. You're like, oh, sweet. That's one less dish I have to do. (laughs) Wow. You know, isn't that like depressing, though, that you're just washing the same dishes over again? Well, 
You can use paper plates. Uh, yeah, I tell it to my wife. She's not into paper plates. And don't even don't even ask her about paper utens- uh, plastic utensils. Why? The environment? No, 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 please. Uh, no, she they just break in your mouth. Ma- like, you know, the plastic forks like break a lot and whatever. She doesn't like them. Yeah. Okay, well, <laughs> it's a very fatalistic uh, worldview that you have with uh, washing these dishes. I'd say it's the biggest problem in my whole life. The dishes. Yeah. <laughs> You're like... Uh, Cheryl the shark would be uh, so interested in you because uh, you're, you're so pessimistic, so uh, so deep. I think that, uh, yeah, I, I think about like I should just pay someone to come wash the dishes for me every day and like I would be much better. Yeah, what's the point of washing all these dishes? They're just going to get <laughs> dirty again. It's really just... Or you could just eat on them dirty like at a certain point. Like, oh, forget it. Yeah. I'll just be dirty again. So do you go out of your way to avoid dishes? I can't because then they just pile up and then there's just more the next day. Nobody's going to do them if I don't do them. What about like ice cream cone dishes? Like, but things that rinse off aren't a big deal. It's like grease from the chicken and, you know, and when you have kids, the milk bottles, they go to school with all these milk bottles. Mm-hmm. If you don't get them right away, they're, they're nasty. <laughs> That's tough. <laughs> a lot of milk that's like the hardest thing i could like rank i won't but like the 50 hardest things to clean out of these dishes like chicken grease is for sure one like the pans with chicken grease is the worst anything with milk in it is disgusting all right we will save that for in between season <laughs> five and season six akiva's list of the top 50 toughest things to clean at your house jerry also mentions about how that a lot of things have this dry clean only tag and he says people smoke they drive fast they break all these rules nobody breaks the dry clean only rule However, did Jerry Seinfeld ever meet Akiva Winokur? No, I feel like um, I, I don't do laundry. I'm anti-laundry. So I like, but I wouldn't. I would, I would clean. I would throw everything in the uh, washing machine, even if it's a dry clean only. Yeah, you laugh in the face of dry clean only. I mean, I wouldn't wash a suit. <laughs> right. But that's about it. All right. So we see Jerry in the apartment with Courtney Cox. And what was Courtney Cox's character's name? Meryl. Meryl. <laughs> A little bit of a reach there with uh, Meryl. Yeah, you know, there aren't like there aren't there weren't a ton of like smoking hot Merrills walking around in 1994. Yeah, we're starting to run out of uh, girlfriend names, I think, at this point. But so here we are with Meryl, and this seems to be the girlfriend through five seasons now that Jerry is uh, the most into. Yeah, I would agree. This is the most sort of well developed relationship we've seen so far. Um, I'd say there's a beginning, middle, and of it, and an end to it, but clearly there's no beginning as they already love each other by the first scene in the episode. But it's definitely the most uh, fully formed yeah it goes sour very quickly much like the milk uh, that akiva did not clean up in the thermos uh this relationship also will uh, get sour and sticky very quickly uh yeah but uh, you know they had a good run and she i mean there is something to be said about courtney cox like she you know she's believable as like uh, jerry's girlfriend she was an it girl at that time in the 90s she was about i mean i think the show had just started yeah right friends had just started well, let's see. This, uh, so, so this she, episode airs March 17th, 1994. I want to say that Friends doesn't premiere until the fall of 1994. Oh, you know, I think we even discussed this once a long time ago that, yeah, she was cast in the show already, but uh, and probably had filmed the pilot, but not, um, you know, but no episodes because she wouldn't have been free otherwise to just work on another sitcom for right. this episode. The first episode of Friends airs September 22nd, 1994. So here's uh, Courtney Cox a full six months before uh, she would really take center stage on Friends. But she had been on other things. I think she was uh, Michael J. Fox's girlfriend on Family Ties, and she was in the Bruce Springsteen video. So she had been in a bunch of stuff before. Is she the most famous of the Jerry girlfriends? Boy, the most well-known, probably at that point. I mean, I don't know if she's At that the point, most- I mean, Janine Garofalo, when she was on the show, was way more famous than, than obviously Courtney Cox when she was on the show. And even Terry Hatcher was, Terry Hatcher was really big. 
and then she wasn't big, and then she was big again on Desperate Housewives. Yeah, but she wasn't big yet. But obviously, I mean, now clearly it's it's Courtney Cox by a route. But at that time, she wasn't famous. Right. Uh, when did the Adventures of Lois and Clark premiere? Uh, Lois and Clark Adventures uh, premiered. First episode premiered in 1993, September 1993. So again, that's probably around uh, the Seinfeld thing is right before the Lois and Clark thing. Yeah. You you were a fan of that show? I mean, I wasn't a fan, but it was it must have been on before after something I watched because I checked that out a few times. OK. Also, this episode is written by Peter Melman, a friend of the podcast. Uh, that's right. The I was, you know, the, the episode aired March 17th. 1994. Yes. And I like to think to myself, I mentioned cereal before. Mm-hmm. I like to think to myself, like, where do you think you were that day? So I Googled it. And also like, or sometimes like what was popular. Yes. We just did that a few like weeks ago and that doesn't really change. And I actually figured out where I was on March 17th, 1994. And where were you? I was at a basketball game. <laughs> there you go. It was the, it was because Seinfeld there on Thursday night. So it was the first day of the NCAA tournament of March Madness. And I went because it was in Uniondale. It was at the Nassau Coliseum. Mm-hmm. I saw the uh, Penn Quakers of the Ivy League up, upset, uh, Eric Piedkowski and the Nebraska Cornhuskers. <laughs> How about that? And then I think, and then it says that Florida played George, James Madison next, but I, I feel like I was, uh, I was 11. My dad probably made me leave at some point in that game. With the Terry Hatcher thing, very similarly to Courtney Cox, that the implant aired in February of 1993 before she was uh, cast as Lois Lane in the uh, fall of 1993. But so you, you, you wouldn't, you know, you wouldn't know where you were that day. But I was thinking, like, you know, I mentioned cereal before. Uh, it would if Adnan Sayed was a sports fan, like he might have been had a good alibi that day, right? Because yeah. <laughs> I'll always know, like I'll check, like oh the Mets, I remember that game well, like I can tell you exactly what you know uh, Bob Murphy was saying on the radio. Yeah, but it would have been a spring training game for uh, March seventeenth, nineteen ninety four. Well, he would have had to be in a hardcore Mets fan. Yeah, although I do feel like the Mets wear those like green ugly uh, hats on St. Patrick's Day. So if he could identify which hat the Mets were wearing, you think that's it? There's no prosecution. I think that's it. I think they cancel cereal. That holds up over Jay. Yes. <laughs> All right, so Jerry and Merrill are uh, not only head over heels for each other, they're also counting I love yous. It's 15 to 8 in the I love you count. Uh, Merrill has said it 15 times to Jerry's 8. Who do you think went first? Mm, I think it was Merrill. Yeah, I mean, she's really beating him. That I feel like at one point it was like 9 nothing, and Jerry's just trying to catch up now. Yeah. And so uh, they're going through all of this I love you talk and they're kind of dressing the same. Uh, Jerry does a callback to Gore-Tex. He says he's wearing a Gore-Tex scarf. Yeah, she's also like very casual. Now, something weird that's going on in this episode is they're going to go out and get pancakes. We never really hear Jerry talk about pancakes any other time in the series, I don't think. But they're going out for pancakes and Jerry is bringing his own syrup. This seems very unusual to me for Jerry. It's something that George would do. Clearly, it's something that Kramer would do. But it seems like Jerry would be the ones mocking the people bringing their own syrup. Yeah, I feel like that Jerry is going to put like a sticky syrup bottle in his coat. I think not. Right. You'd have to double bag it in like plastic bags or something. And even then, it could it could for sure explode. How good is that syrup? Akiva, do you have any weird hangups on syrup? I really don't. But I, I mean... Sometimes you'll like eat a pancake and you're like, oh, shoot, I didn't really douse it in syrup and you'll regret it. But I I sort of understand like maybe Monk's is really cheap with the syrup. Yeah. So I understand where they're coming from. Could be like a Hunt's ketchup thing. You think they have lousy syrup? It's not a it's not a like a quantity. It's a quality issue. That's possible. I guess it could be both. I mean, I feel like I've never syrup like barbecue sauce that like people are very into certain types of syrup. I think you get like a kind of watery syrup as opposed to like there's like there's like a real maple syrup and then there's more of like the syrup flavor type stuff 
So if you go to a Canadian diner, you probably get better syrup on your pancakes. Right. Like they're I, very serious. They're very serious. About yeah, they're syrup. very serious. Like I think there's like real maple syrup. And then I think there's sort of like log cabin, which is sort of like, you know, high fructose corn syrup and water and like syrup flavor. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm not so picky on the syrup. <laughs> no, me neither. But that being said, so Kramer comes in with the woman that he is seeing. We really don't find out much about her, uh, except that she is African-American. And uh, they are also coming back from pancakes. Yeah. Her name is Anna. And she says two words in the whole episode. She says, it's him. It's him. So then Kramer had Jerry's syrup. And so Jerry takes it back from Kramer. All the more reason that you would think that Jerry would not be taking this syrup that it's been in Kramer's pocket. And he was planning on going without it. Like it wasn't like, oh, I'm going to run into Kramer on the hall who stole my syrup. Yeah. He just happened to all run into each other uh, with the syrup stuff. And so also. We see that Jerry has found a locket in his pocket and it is uh, belonging to the dry cleaner. I'm good for him for returning it, I guess. Yes. You know, George would probably try and sell it. (laughs) They're going to go ahead and go back to the dry cleaner and ask him about it. Now, earlier in the series run, we had the storyline about the dry cleaner who was wearing Jerry's clothes. If this dry cleaner is not wearing Jerry's clothes, how did this happen? You mean, how did he find a different dry cleaner? No. How did the locket end up in Jerry's pocket if the guy who runs the dry cleaner was not wearing Jerry's clothes? Well, he says he he said, like, I was doing something and I put it somewhere. It's a little suspicious, right? But yeah, I hear what you're saying. He probably was wearing Jerry's jacket. (laughs) Yeah. These dry cleaners, they all want to wear Jerry's clothes. Anyway, so the dry cleaner explains that, no, this was a locket of me and my wife. And my wife died. And this is like the only the only pictures I have of her to remember her by. And this is so great that you returned it. They didn't have Instagram then. You forget. So he says, from now on, you and your family gets 25% off the dry cleaning. How's that for a deal? I mean, it's better than absolutely nothing, but it's not great. I mean, how much is dry cleaning? It's in in Manhattan. It's very expensive. Very expensive. I mean, it's probably like twice the price of normal places. Okay. Um, I think, I mean, the lady, what was that? That the lady, the Russian lady wants to bring in. That's like a skirt and it's $13 in 1994. That's expensive. (laughs) She can't afford it. You can't even afford it. I think, but you could afford it for 75%. Yeah. I think that like offer lifetime free, which is not a big deal, right? He's one customer or okay. He didn't save anybody's life. So maybe you give him half off. I feel like 25% is too little. Probably was too little, but uh, you know, he wanted to do something. So why don't you just, or say like this round's free. Like, Oh, I got your, you know, your next round is on the house. Give whatever you want. Right. It's sort of a weird thing that for this small deal and especially like, It's not free dry cleaning for you and your family and that they have to go through these great lengths, but whatever. It's 25% off and Courtney Cox jumps in and says, well, I guess I get it too because I am his wife. Fits right in with the gang. Yes. Now, this really stood out to me as being pretty horrible. I mean, is it hard? What? Just because like, is it horrible to you because he's bringing up his dead wife and it's like almost a somber moment and Jerry found it and, and she's sort of capitalizing on her boyfriend's gain? Like, why is it horrible to you? Yes, I think that it's horrible because this man is really, you know, grieving. He misses his wife, who's been dead for eight years. And then here comes Jerry and Meryl, and especially Meryl, really going to throw it in this guy's face. Oh, hey, we're married. We're in, we're in love. And Jerry goes into like, you know, when you find that perfect one, you just gotta, you just gotta marry her right away. And this is, this is it. She's the perfect one. And I feel like they were really just sort of rubbing it in their faces as opposed to like, 
if somebody was talking about how like, oh, I'm really sad. You know, this was my, uh, you know, my pet spot. He died. My dog died. And then me just making up like, oh, I've got a dog at home. Oh, my dog is great. You know, just really just making up uh, and really like rubbing his nose in it. It's insensitive, but she had to know Jerry would go for it because she's been dating him for a while. And, you know, that's just the type of people we're dealing with here. Yes. But the episode doesn't really explore the fact that the man is grieving his dead wife and Jerry is pretending to have this sham of a marriage to this guy to trick him. Right. No, I, I feel like he gets off uh, scot-free here. You're right. Yeah, that that part of the episode does not really get explored. We can't again. We cast less judgment of the show does on Jerry for doing the same horrible things that Kramer Lane and George did. So Elaine is waiting outside the gym and she's talking to this guy and it's sort of a weird thing. She says she was working out with her friend George, but then what happened? He didn't show up or he never came out. I think he was afraid to leave the shower because he would have been fingered as the guy, uh, as the shower peer. Okay. So Elaine is talking to this guy. She's very excited about this guy. He is a pilot and he's going to take off soon. (laughs) And so he ends up like not really paying too much attention to her. And he goes to leave and he gives her an open mouth kiss. Right. He's basically ignoring her. And then he starts making out with her. What's your take on this, Kiva? It's crazy. Like nowadays, this is like a hate crime. <laughs> hate crime. <laughs> is there any sort of precedent for this? No, there's no precedent. Like we know about the kiss hello. We're going to see that eventually. But this is, you know, taking that. I mean, this kiss, they do explore it a couple scenes from now. But like there's open mouth. It's really long. It was it wasn't like she invited him in. It was, you know, it's pretty nuts. But no tongue. No tongue, but like, I'm, you know, I'm shocked that Elaine is okay with this. Well, she likes this guy. I guess. Yeah. I mean, he has to like, but what's his intention of doing this? Oh, this guy, it makes no sense what he, his deal is. Like, <laughs> you can understand it from Elaine's perspective, but if this guy is not interested in Elaine, what he's doing in this episode is, is totally bizarre. He's like a predator. He's like a predator or just some sort of weirdo. Yeah, he is a weirdo. All right. So then we see Jerry and Courtney Cox in Monk's Diner. Now, there was a scene that took place in Monk's Diner last week, and I forgot to mention my uh, Seinfeld podcast poll of the week. Akiva, I asked the audience to weigh in on a debate we were having during last week's episode when George was at the diner with his girlfriend, and he asked her, how are the eggs? She said, eggs are eggs, and George said, true, but you couldn't say fish is fish. So I asked my followers on Twitter, which is the more true statement brought up by George on our recap of the stand-in? Eggs are eggs or fish is fish? Now, I know who I voted, but I don't know how the people voted. Hmm. So I voted for eggs is eggs. Eggs are eggs. Yeah, because as I established last week, you could really mess up fish. Hmm. So I think it's more fish is fish. Right. So we, we had this debate last week, and who did the people side with? The people sided with... Akiva, 57% of the 374 respondents said eggs are eggs is the more true statement. Yeah, you could really mess up fish. I agree. <laughs> is what, So what's, is this week's poll, do you pee in the shower? <laughs> yes. Yes, that's this week's poll? I probably won't be asking that on my Twitter. Oh, okay, fine. <laughs> you could ask it not in the poll, just randomly. Hey, yeah, I'll just that. ask uh, random people that I see. Take a poll on the street. Well, yeah. you'd have to go on the street to, you'd have to, you know, to yeah. ask people that. I'll direct message people and ask them. <laughs> Slide into their DMs. Yeah, and I'll be arrested by next week's show. <laughs> you, you won't be as bad as Greg. Yeah. All right. So 
<laughs> Jerry and Courtney Cox, they are having breakfast. Oh, you got to try the syrup. And she sort of is like scoffing about the syrup, but then she would like to try it. Uh, they debate whether that he's adoring husband or not. What's in it for him to be adoring? And they get busted with the syrup. Now, is this a thing that restaurants have where you're not allowed to bring in your own supply? Can't imagine the restaurant would be happy about this. I mean, would they kick you out? Like, what's the what's the deal? Because, you know, I uh, would dine in a kosher restaurant and obviously they're very strict about what comes in. Uh, they would probably lose it if you brought your own thing in. Uh, most of them mm. you can't even bring in like other kosher food or anything. It's uh, they're pretty strict. Yeah, I feel like that most restaurants, I feel like uh I think things are more lax at this point. Would you say that things are... I mean, if you're going to, into a McDonald's, you could bring your own Heinz ketchup, right? I would think so. I think that you could I don't bring... I why you'd need to. Just about anything you want into a McDonald's. Really? I think so. You could bring in syrup? Somebody's going to stop you and say, who's going to say something to you at McDonald's? I would be... If I worked there, I'd be like, why are you putting syrup on your hamburger? It's well, weird. Well, it's breakfast all day, Akiva. You could get a McGriddle. I don't know what that is, but it sounds gross. <laughs> <laughs> I think that more and more places are like subscribing to the customer is right. Oh, that's good. I think there's less strict now, but can't imagine that uh, too many places will want people bringing in their own condiment. Although what if we opened up a restaurant? It's like, Hey, bring your own condiments. We don't care. BYOC, but then we don't pay. Think about how much money you save because people come in and they grab 50 of those ketchup packets and they go in the garbage, right? Mm -hmm. Think about how much waste there is in the packet industry, the tiny packets of mustard and, and mayonnaise and ketchup. Sure. We'd really, we would, so we'd be like a green restaurant. We were environmentally friendly. Right. I think that most people, they have like, just like ketchup in a pump now. Yeah, that gets gross though. It does get gross. Like it really gets messy. Especially at like not nice restaurants. Sometimes they put it in like the red thing. It's not even in the ketchup bottle. That's nasty. <laughs> right. So then we end up going back to Kramer and Jerry in the apartment and Kramer wants to get in on 25% off dry cleaning. Does Kramer have that much dry cleaning? I mean, what is Kramer like? I mean, I guess he has these quilts. There's no way he's got a bunch of suits lying around, but you knew Kramer was going to get, going to get in. Another reason why the dry cleaning guy should have just offered a one-time thing or given him a coupon for like one free piece. Every time he comes in, it's like if a restaurant gives you like uh, something for life, like you said once that you got a free movie for a year, once a week. Mm Mm-hmm. But it's not like your whole family can go to the movies and then you take advantage of it. Or or if it was unlimited, you would have given it to all your friends and like, hey, I'm going to take my girlfriend out. And then tomorrow, Johnny's going to get in and on Friday, Philly's going to get it. It's like the, you know, you have to have strict rules here because you have to know this monster is going to take, you know, advantage of you. Yeah. This dry cleaner is definitely out of business by now. Oh, no question. Yeah, he's been gone a long time. Well, out of business, you mean like? Uh, Probably both. No, no, no. He's still with us. <laughs> So Kramer, he wants in on this and uh, Jerry is saying no. Jerry's also telling Kramer about how he loves his fake marriage because he likes to say my wife. He likes to start sentences off my wife, this, my wife, this. Kramer gives it a shot and says uh, my wife has an inner ear infection. Yeah, it has a good ring. Yeah. Are they ripping off Borat here? (laughs) I think so. I think they totally ripped off Borat. Now, didn't uh, Larry Charles, uh, that, wasn't he uh, very involved with Borat? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's the director. Yeah. So is there any connection with this? No, because I think Larry Charles directed the Borat movie, but the Ali G show, were you an, an Ali G show fan? Uh, I was not. So which was, you know, the show that had Ali G, Borat and Bruno sort of like SNL style, like, th- you know, a segment of each, each episode. It, it, it preexisted in England, so it was definitely not 
I don't think Larry was involved. So the my wife stuff uh, happened before Larry was involved. Okay. But that's a good theory. <laughs> we should spread that one. Akiva, do you like starting sentences off with my wife? I do like it, but the problem is that the Borat ruined it because every time I say my wife in the middle of a sentence, the beginning, I think of Borat. But you can't do the my wife thing anymore because it's really hacky. Mm. You know, like it might come back in again, but I feel like it's just like a lot of like frat dudes just doing the my wife thing. You can't still. I think it just died down like last year. <laughs> I mean, what's that like 2006 Borat? Yeah, people love Borat. It had like a lot of lives. It's almost like a shame. You almost can't watch the movie now because it was so play the deaf. If I said to you like, hey, I'm watching Borat tonight, you'd think I had a mental illness, right? <laughs> it would be like the craziest thing anybody could say to you. I would like I'd sooner watch Star Wars, which is never going to happen. But it is a really funny movie. Like if you made me sit down and watch it, it's hilarious. But for some reason, certain comedies like you would never sit down now and watch Austin Powers, right? I mean, I probably wouldn't watch a lot of old movies, but no, that's what I'm saying. Like for some reason, but you'd watch Shawshank Redemption, which is older. For some reason, comedy movies, a lot of times don't hold up like that. They don't always hold up. What are you going to do? Yeah, not watch them, I guess. Seinfeld TV shows, they're comedy TV shows. How about that, though? TV holds up. Even like the older shows, you could watch and laugh. I'm sure even if we sat down and watched I Love Lucy, we'd laugh. Hmm. But the movies, it's not that the movie isn't funny. I think we would laugh. I just think it's like almost not socially acceptable. It's, It's like these movies, they had they were funny in the vacuum they existed in. And now it would be weird to watch them. Well, I think maybe it speaks to that a lot of these comedies are sort of like pushing the envelope for the time in which they're created. And then no matter what happens time wise, like the envelope is always pushed further and further out from where the movie initially pushed it. And there's just much less of a shock value on holding up and watching those, whereas opposed to like TV is sort of based around situation as opposed to uh, shock value. All right, that makes sense. That's a good answer. I don't know. Who knows? Anyway, so then we end up with Kramer. He ends up wanting to also be married so he can say my wife. And he says to Elaine, hey, if you and I aren't married in 10 years, what do you say we get hitched? I love I love her answer. She's so matter of fact about it. Make it make 50. it 50. <laughs> you ever hear somebody make this deal? I think so. I, my friends made this deal when we were in summer camp, and he, but he got married. I think the girl's not married. Oh, wow. So he just missed it. Probably like, oh, you got to divorce her because we said if we weren't married, we had to marry each other. (laughs) All right. So Elaine comes in. She's talking about the open mouth kiss. And she says, this is a big signal. I mean, it's not a signal. This is like like a five alarm fire. Yeah. I mean, this is basically very suggestive. Yeah. I don't think I think he likes me. He made out with me. Right. So George buzzes up. George is very sheepish here about all this. Yeah, George doesn't have a lot to a lot of places to go in this episode. He's really like his story, like him and Elaine kind of each have half a storyline. <laughs> so he comes up and he's very embarrassed about what happened. And so he says he had like a little problem. Yeah, I mean, and yeah, he is he is very like he's so timid. He doesn't want to say, which is unlike George. But if he's so into peeing in the shower, like, I mean, if he's so afraid of it and he's so, like, scared of it, then, like, why does he do it in the first place? Or he just didn't think he'd get caught. Well, what do you mean he's afraid of it? Afraid of getting busted? Like, he's so embarrassed by it that he doesn't want to tell them. Well, if you're so embarrassed, like, don't even bother with it. I think he thought nobody could see. And ultimately, just to set that up. So, George comes up and he explains that he was in the locker room showering and he had to go. And there was a guy who saw him. I can't imagine, like, being in a locker room shower and, like, Seeing someone and calling on them on that, unless like the P hit me, mm. you know, yeah, it's like, first of all, I'm not going to I'm not going to see it I'm, because then it's like, well, why were you looking? Yeah. First off, 
I'm probably not going to be in a public shower. I hear you. Back, I, is that is that like still a thing? I don't know. I I would know if I went to the gym, but I don't go to the gym. So if that's like you have to be on a sports team. They still have public showers. Yeah. Or go to the gym. I don't, I'm not on it either. I feel like when I was a kid, like my parents used to take us to like the public pool and there'd be sure. like a lot of like uh, a lot of showering going on at the public pool. A lot of showering in, at public pools. Yeah, definitely. Been there. Yeah. Um, I, my like school didn't have a locker room, so I didn't have that. Yeah. And when I was going to LA Fitness, that there would be like a you know a lot of a lot of guys walking around like uh, coming out of the shower. But honestly, I don't really know. Yeah, why can't you have why can't you have just like curtain showers? Why does it have to be showers where people can see? It? Honestly, I don't really understand. Like I never really uh, got a good look back there of what was going on. If it was just like one room with showers, like there was a lot of old guys showering. Um, and I think that there was probably it was just like yeah, it was just like a room. I think so. I think but I went to like two different. For some reason, old guys will walk around naked 100% of the time. Yeah, they don't care. Like they they're like they won't even get dressed and then they'll put their shirt on first. Like they're just going to stay naked for as long as possible. I mean, then. I used to see guys at LA Fitness who would be like completely naked, blow drying their hair. <laughs> That's bad naked. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like what? What are you doing here? Listen, some people have a lot of self-confidence. I, I don't even know why. <laughs> <laughs> but they just don't care what people think i guess so but i just can't even imagine like if i was at my house and there was nobody here i i wouldn't ever get dressed in that bizarro way i feel like i would dry my hair last out of all the things i had to do right i can't imagine a scenario other than the fact that i wouldn't even know like why i would blow dry my hair i would certainly like have no desire to do that without you know like before getting dressed especially like you come out of the shower and you're like freezing you know i don't know i don't know i don't know but anyway, so here's George. He's peeing in the shower. I feel like you'd have to really uh, be looking at what's going on uh, to be uh, to even catch this. Yeah, I mean, we get into this uh, in a different episode, right? Where Kramer admits that he looks. He looks. When people are in the shower. He looks. But, yeah. you know, you'd have, this isn't just looking. This isn't sneaking a peek. Well, this is like observing with binoculars. From what it sounds like also that it looks like uh, George was, uh, I guess, aiming for the drain. So I think that maybe that seems like that would be a little conspicuous. Maybe he had his back to people. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. But anyway, <laughs> they say to him, uh, did you ever hear of holding it in? Uh, I mean, like, I hear what he's saying, because, like, you can't enjoy the rest of your shower. At that point, the shower is over. Mm-hmm. Right. You're not going to, like, come out, trounce around the whole Locker room wet. You probably have to put shoes on because you don't want to walk around some public locker room without shoes and then go to the bathroom, then come back and like you're basically starting your shower again. You're soaking wet. So I see it. I see what he's saying. I mean, but this was like a emergency that happened in the five minutes he was in the shower. I don't know if it was an emergency, but it's like at that point, you're not enjoying the rest of your shower. Like there's no reason to still be in there. I think George likes peeing in the shower. It's possible. That's his thing. (laughs) That is possible. And so, of course, uh, now if you hold it in, that's going to make you a candidate for uromycetes tysis. Yeah, and uh, you know, and George has read medical journals, and he knows that's bad for your kidneys. Yes, he says that uh, he read it in medical journals, and Jerry wants to know: Did those medical journals ever say anything about standing in a pool of somebody else's urine? Hopefully, our uh, medical correspondent will uh, weigh yeah. in on that. Yeah. All right. So Jerry goes to the dry cleaner. He's bringing in Kramer's stuff, and Merrill is there. And she is also bringing in her own stuff. Not a lot of coordination with these people who must live very close to each other. Yeah. And she is bringing in her quilt from her house. And also Kramer has given Jerry a quilt. So it's very awkward that they have two quilts that are in the laundry at the same time. Especially these are like the last two remaining quilts on Earth. (laughs) 
And now here's an appearance from the great Uncle Leo. Uncle Leo is back. Yeah, real. He, he comes in as a pinch hitter, hits a home run, then leaves in about 10 seconds. Uncle Leo count tracking. Uh, is this Uncle Leo appearance number three? I think so, yeah. Number three or number four? No, it's actually a lot more. It's it's like six or seven. Six or seven already for Uncle Leo. Wow. Because the pitch and the ticket, the wallet and the watch, which is all kind of like, you know, pitch and ticket was kind of one and wallet and watch was one, but he was in both those. And the glasses. All right. So Uncle Leo really racking up the appearances. So Uncle Leo is here and he overhears about uh, this is my wife. And Uncle Leo is very offended. He hasn't been invited to the wedding. Yeah, it's not like he's not even offended. Like, oh, beyond not being invited to the wedding, he's like he hadn't even heard that they got married. Yes, he wants to. Are you ashamed of your uncle? Do I embarrass you? By the way, that's the most self-aware thing he ever says. (laughs) Like, of course, Jerry would not invite. try not to invite Uncle Leo and like, (laughs) don't tell him I got married. He says, haven't I always been a good uncle? Yeah, he bragged about his penmanship. Yeah, that Jerry was a good printer. He made a V and it was like a perfect triangle. Wow, it's in a museum. (laughs) Anyway, Uncle Leo has to catch a bus and he runs off. Boy, Uncle Leo rides the bus around too? He rides, listen, he's cheap. He probably finds free bus tokens or whatever. Season five was the real bus season of Seinfeld. A lot of buses going on. <laughs> All right. So then Elaine is back at the gym. She's talking to this guy, Greg. And Greg asks Elaine, hey, do you know where I could find some good olives? Yeah. Uh, I don't know if I've discussed it. Olives are number one for me. Of what? They're my what? least favorite food. Oh, far. I think you're going to say the uh, number one thing that make a mess. No, no, no. Olives, olives are my least favorite food. Okay. So this guy, Greg, by the way, so he's played by... The actor Scott LaRose. Yes. And I like to check up the actor's Twitter, see what they're up to now. Scott LaRose has 200 followers on Twitter, and he calls himself in his Twitter bio a stand-up comic. Oh. His Twitter is probably the worst uh, account in the, on the entire Twitter.com website. Like, I, every joke here is worse than the next. It's astounding. Okay. I mean, it can't be worse than like some of these like racists and stuff like no, that. No, 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 no. I'm talking about like people who are trying to do comedy. Obviously... There are people that say far more horrible things than was using Gronk on WhatsApp and he kept telling me to pull over and lower the tire pressure. Man, that was annoying. There's worse jokes than there's um, worse things Keep going. Keep going. So that, that was a, a, a Patriots joke. Yeah, it was a Patriots joke. It took so long to get there. Uh, you're no and I, I didn't plan these ahead of time. So this, I'm not just picking out the worst. You know, you're a slow driver when handicapped plates are passing you. Handicapped plates. I mean, this guy's a stand up comic. Yeah. Boy, that Dane Cook looks good for his age. You know what they say? Hack, don't crack. Hmm. That's pretty bad. Met a chick online and she was so hot. I said, how about a 10,000 night stand? That's like literally a joke that was told in the Borscht Belt. <laughs> yeah. They're so bad. You want to hear more? Or sure. This is like the Kyle Mooney uh, SNL character. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and do you think he's doing a bit or these are no, real jokes? No, this is not performance art. Okay. I just came back from Disneyland where I contracted it's a smallpox disease. That's terrible. Oh, yeah. okay. Even I get this one and I don't, I don't, you know, I don't watch the show or I've seen, I've not seen these movies. Harrison Ford crashed his Millennium Falcon on a golf course and I heard it was a Han in one. Oh boy. That's not a thing. That doesn't rhyme with hole. That's such a bad joke. A Han in one is the number one contender in the clubhouse for the hashtag. Uh, saw Justin Bieber driving one of those new zero intelligence cars today (laughs) get it it's not a smart car a zero intelligence car you know why hoarders hate earthquakes it puts all their crap back he's a real comedian like people probably his his avi is a picture of him wearing a t-shirt that says eat my balls (laughs) 
<laughs> wow. The character in the the show Seinfeld, Greg, is far more likable than his than him in real life. And Greg is like one of the worst people we've met so far. Yeah. Well, that's crazy. You want to hear one more? Sure. <laughs> oh, boy. I just heard that at Olive Garden, you can get an endless bowl of pasta for $8.95. I'll pay them $10 to have one that ends. That is a Kyle <laughs> Mooney joke. That is so bad. <laughs> Love James Franco in 127 hours, but I can only give him one thumb up. Because he cuts his hand off. I like how he only does a few of these a year. Like, oh, I, I save it. I don't just tweet every day. I save it for the, the gold. He's like, I got one. I got one. What's this guy's name? I want to follow him now. At Scott LaRose. Uh, so it's uh, just C-O-T-T-L-A-R-O-S-E. S-C-O-T-T-L-A-R-O-S-E. But don't follow him, guys. <laughs> Yeah, uh, that's great. I love the eat my balls shirt. <laughs> What's on his website? ScottLaRose.com. I'm sure he's trying to pitch you on some acting class if I know. Uh... Actor, director, writer, and stand-up comic. Yeah, and he has uh, Seinfeld on his on his website, like in the logo. And now an 8.9 quake in Japan. That is the highest one ever recorded. Matter of fact, the only thing higher than that was Charlie Sheen. Come yeah. on. <laughs> Your job is a stand-up comic. How yeah. does this guy pay the bills? Oh, well, check this out. That Well, it's funny you should ask uh, that he has written and directed a feature film. Yeah, but how does he pay the bills? It's called Comedy Hell. That's where we are right now. <laughs> Starring Eric Roberts. Ooh, that's like a real B-list movie. Yeah. So uh, something, there's, there you go. I mean, he has like a few credits on his IMDb page. So I guess he, he like paid the bills as an actor. But like, what does he do now? Oh, uh, well. If you try to see Scott LaRose live, there are no events scheduled at this time. I'm shocked he's got no dates. He's probably have to, he probably has to bring a friend his dates. <laughs> you got to like bring five people. All right, Comedy well, Hell, I'm going to guess it doesn't have a good score on IMDb. 5.2. It's actually better than I thought. Only 27 users. So factor out his 10 and his friend's 10 and that's about a zero. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, a couple of these uh, tweets, if you read this page, are uh, not... Uh, not politically correct either. Not, not okay. Eric Roberts is in is in the movie, but so is Brian Dunkelman. So can't go wrong with the Dunkelman. Okay, so uh, spent too much time on Scott LaRose, but anyway, he is uh, looking for some good olives. Now, is this what you had to do in 1994? If you had a project, you just have to like task a random person with it. No, I think it's it's sort of like an olive branch, no pun intended, to like keep the relationship alive. It's like leaving something at the person's house like oh now i know that you know i have to go back there he tells elaine you look great in that leotard yeah but that's that's not really a sign of anything because she knows she looks great she knows she looks great he asks for a sip of her water and then he wipes it off with his shirt which i think is totally disgusting because this guy is like covered in sweat that he i would rather he put his uh disgusting mouth on it that he's open mouth kissing all these people then rub his sweaty shirt all around the mouth of the bottle yeah elaine should be much more mad that he is like a gross person and we know she's kind of like a germaphobe than than she is mad about you know the simple fact that he is you know uh not a germy himself he is a germy himself and he doesn't want to drink from the same bottle she did like he's gross and he's wiping it off i don't know why elaine doesn't notice that yeah so then George ends up walking by. George is uh, dressed like a blueberry almost. He's like uh, in like a head to toe uh, blue uh, sweatpant material. He's like an Oompa Loompa. He's like, yeah. No, well, he's like the Violet Beauregard. No, that's. Oh, yeah, it. that's true. Whichever one. Yeah. Violet, you're turning Violet, Violet. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Is that from is that from the first one or the Johnny Depp one? I I never sat through the Johnny Depp one. My 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 genius kids only want to watch the Johnny Depp one, and I'm like, <laughs> no, no, trust me, the first one is way better. They're like, not interested. It's old. <laughs> anyway, so the guy Greg says that he has seen George urinating in the shower. I mean, I got so many questions for this Greg guy. Yeah, most of them are most of them are statements. Quit your job in real life, but. I think uh, like Elaine should have a follow up. Like what? First of all, she'd be like, just don't say anything. He's my friend. Is that okay? And that if he's a decent guy, he should say fine. But I guess Elaine is so embarrassed by being associated with George and she's trying to pick this guy up. She can't say that yet. Yeah. All right. So now all of a sudden we go back to Jerry's apartment and this marital relationship has completely changed. Now she's almost like a different person. She is laying on the couch, eating a box of chocolates telling Jerry to get her a drink and Jerry and her are fighting like cats and dogs. Yeah. Do you think this is a realistic portrayal of marriage? I think it might be a realistic portrayal of marriage, but the episode makes it's no, makes no sense how we got from where we were. I love you. I love you. I love you. Oh, we're both dropping off a quilt at the same time to they hate each other. Well, they did have the bickering over the can opener or whatever that thing was. Well, that's in this scene. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So I'm saying this is the, the beginning of the end because you see like, oh, when they fight, it gets ugly. But you're right. Like, why? Why is she all of a sudden? I don't know what she's eating on the couch, but why is she stuffing her face? It was like a box of like Russell Stover chocolates and she had like eaten the whole box. Do you think Jerry bought them for her or she bought them for herself? I don't know. I mean, I think that's kind of depressing to buy yourself the box of Russell Stover. <laughs> that's like you give them it like as a gift. Yeah, it's probably left. It's March 17th, so it's probably leftover Valentine's Day food. Yeah, well, it's St. Patrick's Day. Is there chocolate on St. Patrick's Day? Not really. <laughs> no. Would it, would it be green chocolate? Yeah, maybe it's somehow leftover from, from, I can't imagine though the way that she's going through this candy, there would be anything leftover. I mean, she ate the whole box of candy, like all those wrappers. I mean, it's not from Halloween because it's chocolate. It wouldn't be good anymore. Well, I don't think the chocolate would spoil from, you know, if you... It would melt, maybe. I mean, how hot's your house? I don't know. I mean, maybe he doesn't have the AC on. I'm not sure. I guess so. Which episode was it where the apartment was too hot? Uh, that that was where uh, the uh, wife from Breaking Bad was there, right? Yeah. But that was the summer. Well, I mean, relative to the summer, because, you know, no, in, in theory, none of these episodes other than the trip are actually in the, uh, you know, the summer. Yeah. But yeah, it was when Skylar White was, was there. The winter. So they're fighting over the can opener. You idiot. It was in there and they are going back and forth about it. They can't find the can opener. And then Kramer comes in in a bathrobe. Shows that Kramer had the can opener in his pocket. So again, this is like the episode where every time they're looking for something, it's in Kramer's pocket. Yeah, and he should know. Like if something's missing in his house, you don't blame your girlfriend. You assume that Kramer came and stole it. He just took the syrup 10 seconds ago. Come on. The fact that the can opener and the syrup are both in Kramer's pocket, is that intentionally that both things were in Kramer's pocket? Or was that just sort of that they forgot? It was sort of like a sloppy thing that they did the same thing twice. No, no, no. It definitely wasn't sloppy. I mean, it's too obvious. It's just Kramer has both of them. Okay. Yeah. All right. So Jerry and Merrill, they sort of apologize. Sorry about the can opener stuff. But the damage has been done. The relationship has changed. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure you've had a fight and you realize afterwards that it was about nothing. <laughs> or you were, neither of you were wrong. Yeah, sure. And so George and Elaine are talking. And so George wants Elaine to go talk to the guy. Because George is afraid that Greg is going to go rat him out and he'll get kicked out of the gym. He gave you an open mouth kiss so you guys can talk about this. Now, I don't know what Elaine is supposed to say to the guy about, hey, you know the guy that was peeing in the shower? Don't rat him out because he's my friend. I mean, she's embarrassed by him. Sure. But why doesn't she just tell him like, no way. 
Well, can she say don't rat him out because like snitching is bad and like forgetting about the fact that I know this guy? <laughs> I'm not sure why Elaine doesn't tell George just to go F himself. Tell George or yes, Greg? George. I mean, it's a, that's her friend. Like, why is she why is she throwing uh, you know George under the bus? Just she wouldn't he, throw George under the bus here for a guy that she likes. I mean, she shouldn't, but I guess she would, right? <laughs> I think in her character, I think she certainly would. Yeah, of course. Yeah, the character of Elaine would. Yeah, so she's very uh, conflicted about this. Like, she doesn't want to tell him off here. Um, but Elaine says, no, their relationship isn't that good because he wiped the top of the bottle with his shirt. I mean, what does that mean? Like, I don't know. Elaine is sort of making a lot of uh, rushes to judgment here. Yeah, it's funny in this scene because uh, Jerry is like not really paying attention, but he's like, bottle wipe is big, George. The bottle wipe supersedes the open mouth kiss. Yeah, she's very, uh, she's, you know, very confident about that, too. I don't know, like, if anything supersedes a random open mouth kiss. I think then not wanting to share a bottle with somebody, I think, supersedes it. Really? I would think so. I mean, then it's like the open mouth kiss was an accident. He's already shown that he, he would he would swap saliva with them. He, maybe he's just. A germy with drinks. I mean, I know people like that. That are kissing random people? I, I Listen, I don't know what they do in their personal life. <laughs> yes. right. So then George asks, is it because you are embarrassed to tell him that we're friends? That's He gets to the bottom of this. I mean, he shouldn't have worn that Oompa Loompa sweatshirt. Mm-hmm. That's embarrassing. And so Elaine says, since when is a drain a toilet? I mean, he, you know, they all, they're all just pipes. Yeah, that's great it's a great line he's like it's all pipes <laughs> and so they end up saying that they're going to call up a plumber right now to explain it yeah, i like when george says that he's like i'm going to call a plumber right now <laughs> that's like that's like us if we have like a correspondent for that yeah uh jerry has a good line too he says all right can we just drop the pee pipe stuff here yeah jerry doesn't like any open pee policy stuff as we'll see for the rest of the he series does not all right so kramer is having an issue he can't sleep because the temperature is not right for him. The quilt keeps him uh, just warm enough, not too warm. And now he can't sleep in his apartment. I mean, this is a little bit of a stretch to try and, uh, you know, interject Kramer's story into the rest of the stories. Yeah, they really try to shoehorn that in there because not only does Kramer look bad, they say he looks pale. And he says, what? Well, I can't look pale. I'm going to go meet Anna's parents. So he needs to go tanning. Yeah, you don't want to look pale on a first date. Right, right. Or to meet the parents. Or to meet the parents. I mean, that's like, forget it. They'll throw you right out if you look pale. Okay. All right. So then the phone rings. It's Meryl. And Jerry's getting into an argument with her over the phone. And then finally uh, that, you know, he apologizes and they get off. But again, the relationship is strange. They did kind of nail the sort of bickering between couples. Sure, sure. Uh, Not really tough to nail, but they did get it right. Yeah, sure. All right. So Jerry's at the dry cleaner. Kramer's waiting outside. And so the dry cleaner says it's going to be another day before the quilt is ready. And Kramer barges in and wants to know what kind of business are you running? Yeah, I mean, he might have been able to pick it up here that like, oh, this guy's running a scam. (laughs) And so Jerry has to explain, no, this is my friend. He gets very defensive. So it's going to be another day until they are able to get the quilt. So uh, Kramer needs to go to the tanning bed. So he's off to go tan. But a woman comes in, a Russian woman, I guess. And she has like a handful of clothes. She needs to get them dry cleaned, but she can't afford the $13. I mean, you have to move out of Manhattan at that point. Yeah. I mean, how destitute is she? I mean, destitute, not destitute enough that she can do it. I, th- I think she can do it once he, unless Jerry's paying for her. Is Jerry paying for dry cleaning or is he just giving her the discount? 
I think he wants to make her his new wife so she can get the discount, which ultimately. Yeah, but who's paying? Like Courtney Cox is paying for her own dry cleaning when she's picking it up. She's just using Jerry's 25% Akiva, off. What is the 25% off discount on $13 of dry cleaning? I mean, it's three twenty-five off. <laughs> Isn't there great lengths that we're going to here at this point for this woman to get $3.25 off dry cleaning? You know who we're dealing with? These people will do anything for a small amount of money. They're monsters. I think Jerry's a pretty bad guy here in this episode because I know the Courtney Cox thing is not going well. But like he goes out of his way to cheat on her with this woman that he just is like a random person that he met so she can get three dollars off dry cleaning. Yeah, they're using it as like some sort of example of like, oh, yeah, that he's cheating on his wife. But even if it's not really his wife, it's his pretend wife. It's his actual serious girlfriend who he keeps telling he loves her at least nine times. So he's still cheating and it's a big deal. And he's again, Jerry's getting off scot-free for doing something bad. No, Jerry's a real bad guy in this episode. Like if this was real life, you know, this is just a uh, horrible uh, life move to be doing to just be like completely like cheating on this person in broad daylight. Yeah. Cause in his mind, he's broken up with uh, Courtney Cox and that's fine, but you know, just break up with her and then start this relationship. That's never going to last with the Russian lady. Yeah. And so Jerry says to this woman, I'm not going to let you walk out of my life. I mean, what is it about her? Is it she's so attractive or he's just he's so, you know, he's sensitive to the fact that she can't afford the dry cleaning. I mean, this woman is pretty, I guess. But I mean, she's not like, you know, this. He's, He's breaking up with Courtney Cox for her. Yeah. I mean, it's not like this is a supermodel that he just like randomly fell in love with. This is like a peasant woman. Is she really a peasant? <laughs> Apparently, she can't afford the $13 in dry cleaning. Yeah. Courtney Cox is in the news. She just uh, broke. She actually broke up with her fiance today. So that's uh, sort of good timing or bad timing. If you're her. So who gets the dry cleaning discount? now? <laughs> I think the guy from Snow Patrol, not not her. Anyway, so Jerry is then going to uh, work on the dry cleaning uh, for her. And so we see Kramer in the tanning bed and the tanning bed is like just the right temperature. So he is going to uh, fall asleep. Akiva, I think I know the answer to this question. Have you ever gone tanning? Of course not. First of all, I'm like the palest, whitest person in town. Yeah. But uh, no, you, you couldn't, you know, you couldn't bribe me enough to go tanning. I don't even understand it. Like, it doesn't even make sense to me. Why? Because you're sitting there doing nothing. I don't even think you could bring your phone in. It sounds like you're you like trapped in a box. In. No, you're, no, the waves are in your phone, I bet. <laughs> yeah, it's like hot in there. You can't go on your phone. And you have to put a thing over your eyes. Yeah, it's like claustrophobic. I, nothing is worth nothing is worth that. Yeah. No, I did do it a handful of times like in probably between like 1997 and probably I don't think I ever did it since I moved out to LA. So probably like between 1997 and 2003, like I definitely did it. Like maybe the last time I went was like right before I did survivor. The second time I'm like, well, I don't want to just like burn, you know, I want to have a little bit of a base to go in. Right. I mean, that makes sense. But in general, just the idea of tanning sounds so boring to me. (laughs) So the biggest problem for you with tanning is that it sounds boring. Okay. In general, I'll do anything to avoid like boring or awkward situations. (laughs) Like, I just don't want to be bored. That's why I love, like, watching television or watching sports. Like, I just want to always be doing something. And I I guess maybe I'm more easily entertained. Some people need to, like, you know, run a marathon or go, like, hike in the mountains. And that stuff sounds horrible to me. So for you, it's boring is ahead of uh, the risks of skin cancer. Oh, no question. (laughs) No question. Like, I already know I'm going to have skin cancer because everyone in my family has it. That's going to happen whether I go to the tanning bed or not. The, the boring part, forget about. That I can avoid. 
<laughs> All right. So we end up seeing now Greg. He's on the exercise machine and uh, he gets up and he leaves a very sweaty machine for Elaine. Yeah. I mean, so twice he's, he's now violated the club policy. Yeah. And so uh, that this is for her. This is a sign that, OK, maybe he does like her. Yeah. I mean, in Elaine's twisted head, this is a sign that, you know, it's a gesture of intimacy. But to him, he's just the disgusting bum. Yeah. And so uh, then George is going to use this information and blackmail him uh, and get him suspended. There's so much blackmail going on in mid 90s sitcoms. Mm-hmm. Like it, every episode was like, all right, then he'll, then he blackmails the guy. <laughs> I feel like we're out of the blackmail era. So since we're in this gym, let's just uh, pick up the other part of the scene, which is then the guy is still going on an exercise machine. Elaine ends up telling him that she's engaged. She's going to get married in 50 years. Like another crazy thing that somebody says in a sitcom where the other person just ignores. Yeah. And so the guy ends up saying like, oh, there's the manager. I'm going to go tell on that guy who's the urinator. And I could use any excuse to go and talk to her because he likes her. Yeah, this is like, um, that, yeah, you, were you a Chappelle show guy? Yes. So this is like the player haters ball where he's like, he's telling on George, not because he broke the, broke the club rules, but just because he wants to like throw this nerd under the bus and get the manager's number. Yeah. And so Elaine, once she hears that, she says, I wouldn't do that if I were you. And then he says, oh, what are you friends with the urinator? Friend, yeah, he's like, this guy's pretty quick for a jerk. Like, He's like, he figures out right away that she doesn't want him to tell on this particular person. Mm. <laughs> Friends with the urinator. Friends with the urinator. That sounds like a good hashtag. Yes. And <laughs> Elaine says, yeah, well, at least he had a drain. <laughs> oh, not really a great comeback from Elaine. No, no, no. All right. So we go back to the dry cleaner. And so uh, that Meryl is picking up the dry cleaning and she sees that there is something in her clothes which does not belong there. Yeah, and this was a poor planning by Jerry because he already knows that Meryl's coming in at all hours of the day to the dry cleaner. So he should have thought about putting it under a different name. How much dry cleaning does she have? I guess with the discount, it's one of these like Groupon things where you were never going to use the product, but now that you have half off, you're going to use it 50 times. So you dry clean every garment you have in the house. I mean, with 25% off, that's what they're doing. We don't know what she does. It's possible she's like really wealthy also. She must know that the relationship is souring because she's like, I better get in on this dry cleaning while I can. Why? You think it's on his tab? No, I don't think so. I think she's just getting everything dry clean because she could get the the extra $2 off. Right. She knows this discount's expiring soon. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. it seems like a lot of work for very little money, right? Yeah. All right. So then Kramer shows up at his girlfriend's house uh, and uh, he is very tan now. Yes, it's in, uh, you know, they want you to think that he they want you to think that they think that he's wearing blackface, <laughs> which is a real left turn for this episode. To take. It's a left turn for the episode. I mean, we see him at the you know, we see him fall asleep in the tanning bed uh, and we know he's going to be dark. but. It's almost weird because it's not blackface and like he obviously had no intention of it. Mm-hmm. But like the show is still putting him in blackface in a way. So then we end up seeing Meryl and Jerry together one last time at Jerry's apartment and they're breaking up and Jerry wants a divorce. And then uh, she's asking, are you going to marry her and give her the discount? You know, and Meryl will do anything for two dollars, as we see from this discount. So he shouldn't be using these marriage terms because she could take him to some, you know, court and say they had some sort of arrangement, like a civil union or something. And, yeah. and that's it. She's going to take him to the cleaners. No pun intended. <laughs> it's funny. Jerry has the line that says, well, I guess I wasn't ready for the responsibilities of a f- pretend marriage. By the way, the, the, so he uses the line, take him to the cleaners in this episode. But that, what does that line even mean? It doesn't mean anything. Hmm. 
Yeah. Uh, We'd have to probably uh, research the genesis of that. We have a, someone who knows like etymology of like phrases. If you, they do, that's our, a new correspondent we need, I guess. Well, I could just type it into Google. I know, but let's let, listen. We could also figure out a lot of things on Google, but let's let's let them do all the work. Okay. All right. So, if any of our listeners can tell us uh, where the phrase "taken to the cleaners" comes from, we would love to hear it, uh, next week. Yeah. All right. So she also gives Jerry back his maple syrup. Yeah, but he will, he will, he's having nothing of it. <laughs> yeah, we'll always have pancakes. You take it. And he could tell it to the judge if she does try and sue him. They're like, oh, no, I gave her the maple syrup. That was our arrangement. All right, then we cut back to Kramer, and he is uh, with the family of Anna, and uh, the line from the grandfather is, I thought you said you were bringing a white boy home. I don't see a white boy. I see a damn fool. Okay. Oh. <laughs> uh, very uncomfortable. Very uncomfortable, uncomfortable. Not funny enough to justify the scene. Doesn't tie in well with anything else in the episode. Especially considering we know where life is headed with Michael Richards. Yes. <laughs> uh, and this is just all in all. This I had forgotten about this. This was mm-hmm. uh, in more ways than one. Not a good look for Michael Richards and Kramer. History, history was would not be kind to this episode. I do think. That, you know, I could see like they had to shoot this, you know, scene for like a couple days and Michael Richards like, should I wash it off? (laughs) Just go home like this. And so now some guy thinks like he saw Michael Richards go home in blackface also. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it would be a big deal. All right. So then at the end, we see some stand up. Jerry's talking about how uh, the thing about marriage that he can't believe how often it happens. And then he tries to compare it to like buying a car and trying to take it back off the lot. So I like the first part about uh, that. He can't believe how often it happens. I thought that was pretty good. Yeah. I, I like when he says like marriage should have happened three or four times ever. Yeah. <laughs> a century. Yeah. I think, uh, I think that makes sense. All right. Akiva, let's yeah. start to put things into perspective here with the wife. Okay. I mean, in, you know, do you want to know what, what would, uh, what would be different nowadays? Yeah. What would be different? Okay. So, I mean, to me, first of all, it, from a television perspective, they would never put the character in blackface, even right. as a joke. They're not going to do that. In terms of that, like, I feel like you could just get better discounts online. It's possible, like, they'd make him, uh, it, like, with, I guess they wouldn't make her prove that she was married to him, right? I, and that dry cleaner's not going to that sort of lens. It's 25% off. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like health clubs have very specific policies now on, pool, on shower peeing, and they might even have signs up against it. Mm. Unless they're pro-shower peeing, and then they have nothing against it. Yeah. And also, it's still not cool to open mouth kiss a woman who you're not okay if she knows that you're going to do it. Or <laughs> yeah, I don't know if that was an accident. I, like, I feel like that's the only logical explanation at this point. That she like knew it was coming? I think that it was probably just some sort of accident on Greg's part. Like, maybe he's just like a bad... He went in for a peck and she sort of like moved? Maybe, maybe she opened her mouth. And then why does he keep it going for like 20 seconds? I don't know, but he's not romantically interested in her. It's weird. I mean, it doesn't, not everything holds up here. Where do you rank this episode? I mean, there's really nothing uh, other than the, the Kramer ending. It's not bad. I definitely laughed a few times. I think we're maybe under underselling how funny it is the first time you see George get tripped up in the Stairmaster in his dumb blue sweatsuit. That's, That's funny. really funny. That's funny. Like, and it's some good physical comedy by Jason Alexander. It doesn't always do physical comedy. Like even some of the scenes like, you know, Courtney Cox is really great. So really all the interactions with her are worthwhile. Um, so it's kind of meh. But there's really no great line. And, and like the Greg thing doesn't really go anywhere. And George and Elaine each have, ha- I mean, Jerry, uh, uh, George and Elaine each have half a storyline. So to me, I'm going to put it at 128. 128. 
let's try something new also with this. Could we give a letter grade on the story for each of the core four? Let's do it. Okay. The Jerry story with the wife, with Courtney Cox, with the dry cleaning. It's pretty good. I'll give it a B plus. B plus. Yeah, I mean, I, I really like the, you know, I'm being, you know, I'm being hard on it because we're going to use like hard Seinfeld standards. But I, I, you know, I like the scenes with Courtney Cox. She's probably the best girlfriend we've seen so far. I think that it started off in an interesting place, but I feel like it just like got very sort of cartoony by the time that they just ended up getting into a fight over nothing. Yeah, I think I would probably be a little lower on that. I think I'd be probably maybe like a B minus. OK. All right. What about the Elaine open mouth kiss storyline? I mean, Greg is unlikable. You know, Elaine has like a couple good lines. I do like when she says marry you in 50 years. Yeah. Um, so overall, I'll give Elaine a B minus in this episode. Okay. I didn't like how Elaine, when she's asked about why do you like him? She was like, well, he ignores me and doesn't pay attention to me. So that's why she wants to go out with him. And I feel like that Elaine is better than that. Yeah, that's not really Elaine canon. I agree. Yeah. I'd probably say either a B or a B minus also for that. What about the George part of the story? I mean, I, I, here's the thing. From a show's perspective, they gave George nothing. From George's perspective, he hit what the little he was given out of the park. So I'll yeah. give Jason Alexander an A for this episode. I'll give him an A as well. He's really good. And especially the performance. And you're right, the Stairmaster. It's not a meaty part at all, but he really hit it. It's all pipes, medical journals. So... Uh, he does a really great job with what he has. And then Kramer. I mean, the storyline's an F. Michael Richards doesn't do anything wrong here. He didn't write it. But, you know, it's it's one of the worst storylines we've seen in season five. The ending is terrible. You know, the quilt thing doesn't doesn't bring anything to the table, tie anything together. So I give it an F. Yeah, probably the worst part of the four. Yes. All right. So then let's get into our email. Of course, every week we get our email. Seinfeld at postshowrecaps.com. That's where our emails come from. And uh, let's dig into our Seinfeld inbox. Let's start with our buddy Travis, who writes in, oh boy, when the biggest laugh line is Kramer's, my wife has an inner ear infection. You know the episode's got problems. The other highlight was the hideous 90s workout gear. Jerry must have used up all his material to kill Fulton in last week's episode. Oh, look, Travis has a better joke than this whole episode. (laughs) Wow. Well, Travis is hard on uh, the wife. That's right. Okay. All right, here is Stephanie, who writes in, Robin Akiva, I'm a week late on this email, but I wanted to mention that my mom actually worked with Mickey's first cousin for a couple of years. Apparently, it was the opinion of his family that fame really went to his head. (laughs) Anyway, maybe I could use my four degrees of separation to get Jerry on the podcast. Wow. You think in real life, Danny Wordberm screams like, I worked with Jerry Seinfeld when you guys was nothing. (laughs) Yeah. All the Ricky Schroeder, Macaulay Culkin. Wow. This fame really went to his head. I do believe Mickey or Danny uh, in real life uh, was one of the uh, actors who filmed, the, who filmed the video. So good for him. Yes. Even if the fame went to his uh, head, his head, he's using it for good. Yes. Okay. Then uh, let's go ahead and take one from our medical correspondent, Thomas, who has a couple things from the wife. He says that George claimed he read medical journals which say holding in urine is bad for the kidneys. I did a literature search into this and can find no such link, although it may have implications for the bladder. In the short term, holding on would be completely fine, but doing it often has the potential to increase the risk of urinary tract infections as well as overstretching of the bladder, which could cause problems with continence and emptying. There you go. Yeah, he's he's doing good work. He's, He's doing research for us, Thomas. 
Number two, urine is usually sterile. And so going in the shower medically shouldn't be a problem. Socially is a different story, of course. Really, there are other things to worry about in the gym shower, such as athlete's foot and plantar warts. Plantar warts. Yeah, of course. We were talking about that. Yeah, you don't want to wear, you can't walk around the, the floor without. I don't walk around without socks in my own house. So mm-hmm. forget about forget about in other people's bathrooms. And finally, he says, it's good to see the show acknowledging the health risks of solariums. As far as I can tell, they're still available in the U.S., but in many Australian states, they're now illegal due to the high rates of skin cancer associated with them. So I guess that is a solarium is a tanning bed. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, I think that's a, an official word for it, but nobody uses that term uh, here. Th- Thomas, you'll teach us about medicine. We'll teach you American English. How about that? <laughs> yes. <laughs> but yeah, I think yeah, Australia is ahead of the United States in banning uh, certain things. Okay. Also, uh, he also wrote in to say that uh, he says that the women have a thing for sailors because according to his girlfriend, it's the uniform. So it's just show, showing off. Yeah, it's not the body. It's uh, <laughs> uniform. All right. Should we check in with Dan? Yeah, what does Dan have to say? Dan says, in this episode, the trajectory of Jerry's seemingly solid relationship seems to dart upwards right after they're married, but then it takes a turn and goes downhill until it collapses. Since you both have actually done it, was your trajectory like this before and after you got married? The unmarried listener wants to know what to prepare for. What was the trajectory like? Yes. Like, did you have like this relationship with your wife that just continued to get better to the point that you got married, which was the apex of the relationship, and then very quickly, like a roller coaster, crashed downward? It was like an upside down, backwards Nike swoosh. That's the trajectory. Upside down, backwards (laughs) Nike swoosh. Okay. I don't know. (laughs) That, you know, that joke could have gone on the Twitter page of Scott LaRose. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> just did it yeah uh, or would it be <laughs> it did just <laughs> oh boy um yeah I, I like I, the trajectory i mean i'd say it, it was perfect when it started and it's even better than uh, uh, oh i'm talking about your marriage i'm not talking about mine. yeah i think that uh my relationship with my wife if i was going to chart it i think it was you know absolutely uh, amazing like in the first year and then, like, uh, you know, sort of, like, goes, like, on a gradual line down towards infinity. Uh, the, the, I, the bad news for Rob is the, the I love you score. He's like, he's the Carolina Panthers and, and the other team is like the and Nicole's the Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> I, I don't know about that necessarily, <laughs> but uh, no, it was, it was really, really, really great. And that's just sort of like, you know, it's, it, there's no, like, steep decline there are days where it's like you know the stock market crashes but then it you know sort of comes back and sort of like up and down uh, you know from day to day that's like all marriages except for the people who have good marriages <laughs> all right so here's a couple questions from johnny de silvera wants to know do you guys go to a dry cleaner regularly uh, not in many years I couldn't tell you the last piece of clothing that I had dry clean. I haven't worn a suit in like four years, so I know. Then also Johnny wants to know, if Jerry was going to go along with Meryl's charade, why didn't he just keep it within the confines of the dry cleaner? Instead, his problem spiraled out of control. This is like a, fr- like a friend with benefits, just the benefits of the dry cleaning. Yeah. Yeah, it's not going to work. All right. What happens when he has a girlfriend? He's like, oh, you know, when you walk into the dry cleaner, uh, I'm just, just to let you know I'm married to another woman in the dry cleaners. Yeah. No one's going to go for that. Did Jerry's dry cleaning discount continue past this episode? I mean, at a certain point, the guy is going to bust him and he's going to be banned from that like he's banned from many other establishments. Mm. I mean, the guy was really catching on to it. I feel like one more, next time Leo comes in, he's like, oh, I just spoke to uh, Jerry's parents 
And uh, he's not married. He just did it for the dry cleaning because, you know, Leo's a snitch. He'll say that. Yeah. And then it's discount over. Well, Courtney Cox probably went in then and probably blew the whole thing up. Yeah. I mean, this like he should do more. Uh, he should do more research. This dry cleaner. He, he should do if uh, what I would call the discount double check where he yes. would pull, pull up the parents. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> Sorry, so- Scott LaRose. <laughs> <laughs> all right so then let's check in with amir who says a few comments about an overall enjoyable episode even though it featured blackface strange maple seer practices and mere gym acquaintances giving each other open lip kisses amir says when discussing peeing in the shower kramer chimes in that he can't comment as he takes baths now while we know that he enjoys a good bath his reply here is patently false in season nine's apology he installs a garbage disposal so he can take advantage of his lengthy shower time. Additionally, in season seven of the shower head, he goes to great lengths to fix the water pressure problems. Yeah, so he's onto something good, Amir. But I think what happens is Kramer gets so grossed out by the idea of, uh, you know, George peeing in the shower that or like he's so intrigued by it that he starts taking showers himself. because like, oh, I can't pee in the bath, but I can pee in the shower. So I think that's the turn happens right here. And that's why season seven and season nine, he's showering. Also, Amir wants to know, Jerry doesn't have a real job. Why all of a sudden does he have so much dry cleaning? Who dry cleans that much unless they need to wear a suit or nice shirts and slacks to work? I mean, I think I would I would say to Amir is that every time we see Jerry doing stand-up comedy, he's wearing, you know, a shirt and a jacket, right? Yeah, he's not doing it in a t-shirt. Some people do, but that's not Jerry's style. So it's not Jerry's style. No. So that kind of is his work uniform. Yeah. Let's check in with Chester. Last email. He says, Merrill, really? A couple of weeks ago, we had an Audrey and an Olive were Jerry and Larry David just naming the girlfriends after their mom's friends. Oh, Scott LaRose loves that joke, Chester. <laughs> also, Chester says, Seinfeld frequently does this thing where the episode starts with characters having established significant others that we haven't met yet, including that time that has passed. Uh, but Jerry is already saying I love you to Meryl. How much time has passed since the last episode? Two years? Well, Chester, do you want a montage in every episode of like the first you know, 20 dates of this relationship. Would that make it better? Yeah. With like a, with like a, you know, an indie song in like the background is like every, every episode starts with like 500 days of summer st- type stuff. And then with the last 10 minutes or just the relationship, I don't understand. <laughs> and then lastly, Chester says the ending of this episode makes no sense, right? Sure. Kramer looks like a damn fool, but he's clearly also a white boy. Yeah. What the, what the dad or the grandfather want? Like he wanted, he like he, he's like you promised to bring home a white boy like he needs him to be white I don't, I don't understand what the dad's saying either there yeah i think grandpa needs to be a little more open-minded yeah that's i think everyone here is kind of uh, guilty there's no no innocent people <laughs> i see a damn fool all right good stuff akiva what's coming yeah. up next week uh next week we got a double episode of the raincoats yes okay double episode wow yeah a lot going on all right, so good stuff. What's the official hashtag for this episode? Well, you said it before, right? It's a hole in Han. <laughs> hole in Han. Very good stuff. Should everyone CC Scholar Rose when they when they do this? <laughs> no, no, don't. No, because then we're going to start a fight, right? Yeah, because it'll be like uh, cursing us out and calling us. You don't like, want uh, your you don't want your podcast in the middle of Twitter fights, right? Right. We don't need to feud. We only feud with people that are you know bigger than you. Are <laughs> you saying we're bigger than Scholar Rose? Well, what does he have? Two hundred followers. You think we could have gotten him on this episode? It would have been awkward if we had him on because we like trashed him. <laughs> yes, it would have. And based on some of his tweets, it would be especially awkward. Yeah, I don't think we need to have him. I feel like he's such an old school comic. 
Yeah. All right. So then, Akiva, we are going to uh, follow you on Twitter at Keeve26. I'm at Rob Sisternino. We are going to uh, leave comments on postshowrecaps.com and then also on our iTunes page, which is at postshowrecaps.com slash Seinfeld iTunes. That's postshowrecaps.com slash Seinfeld iTunes. Good stuff? Uh, yeah, why not? All right. Then finally, uh, thanks so much to Mike Moore, who writes our episode summaries. And of course, Scott St. Pierre, who edits uh, this uh, show about nothing all together. We'll be back next week to talk about the raincoats. Have a good one, everybody, and talk to you again soon. Bye. Thank you.